Welcome to the You Are Loved podcast. My name is Liv Downing. I'm a psychologist and meditation teacher. And my vision for this podcast is to provide all of us with different access points to this sense of coming home, this sense of, of connection and belonging. You Are Loved is the title of my forthcoming children's book, which will be released at some point in the future, hopefully in 2022, but we'll see. And in it, I really explore the possibility that that sense of love and connection is always available to us. And then I offer meditation as a way for us to experience that. I also know that meditation is not necessarily for everybody. So over these series of podcast interviews, I'm wanting to provide different ways for all of us to, to come home, to sense this feeling of being loved, no matter what wonderful life throws at us. So thank you so much for joining me and my beautiful guests. And I look forward to sharing this series with you. I'm so excited to be sharing this episode with you today where I interview Tammy Sullenberger, also known as IFS Tammy, on Instagram. Uh, I thought I'd start by just giving a few definitions. We kind of jump straight into some of the theory of the model we're exploring. So the model is called IFS, which stands for Internal Family Systems. And basically, as you'll hear throughout this episode, the theory is that much like a family that we're all part of in one way or another that we have in the external world, we all have different parts of ourselves which make up our internal family. You'll hear Tammy refer to Dick and who she's referring to there is Dick Schwartz, who's the founder of the, this particular model, the IFS model. You might also hear Tammy's dog in the background. So um, this shows us that we're working in real life and um, surrounded by all the things, dogs, children, delivery, people, all the things. So just let that be another point of interest for you. You'll also hear that Tammy and I have lots of fun during this interview. So you really get the sense that uh, you're listening to a conversation between two therapists. So there's lots of, um, you know, reflective um, language used, as well as lots of giggling. So two people who obviously share uh, a common, slightly warped and quirky sense of humour. Um, one of the things I really love about this discussion with Tammy is she keeps it really practical. So several times throughout this episode, there are opportunities for us to practice, to, um, to really feel into our body and really experience um, some of the theory, which as we all know, that's the best way to learn. My key takeaways from this particular episode were that ultimately, fundamentally, we all have a sense of self, a sense of self that is available to all of us. And IFS is a model that can support us to get there. She really talks about hope and how hope can be um, a little bit scary, but also compelling and healing for so many of us. And we talk a fair bit about the body's role in supporting us to get to know ourselves and really maintain our mental health. One more acronym you'll hear Tammy refer to is DBT, which stands for Dialectical Behavioural Therapy, which is another well-known therapy and um, particularly working with people with um, a history of trauma. So that's just defining that for you. 
And finally, Tammy wraps up our very funny, very lovely conversation. Hopefully it was it's interesting for you guys, but she wraps it up by sharing with us some really practical tools. So encouraging us to map our own parts, really get to know them, get to know our own internal family. Um, she also shares a technique for journaling, so facilitating an internal conversation with all of our different parts, as well as meditation. And as you guys all know, that's something that is very close to my heart. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I loved uh, sharing or I love sharing this conversation with the gorgeous Tammy Sollenberger and do look her up on all of the different socials. And um, as you'll hear at the end of this episode, she has a book coming out next year, which I can't wait to get my hot little hands on. Enjoy. It is so amazing to have you on the You I Love podcast. I am just overjoyed. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and so hang out I, with you. I know how much fun. I'm in my closet. You're in your bedroom. We're on the other side of the world, so that's kind of fun in itself. Totally, I, and it's like seven a.m. your time and five p.m. This you're like the tomorrow, and I'm tonight. Like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, we're in the future down here. It's bizarre. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, I found your amazing work about six months ago when I heard about this. This therapeutic technique IFS and I kind of was madly googling everything I could find and I found your amazing podcast and thank you so much for the work that you have put out to the world it's so valuable for therapists like me who are really just learning the technique so to start I mean I'd love to learn a bit about you and how you kind of came to do the work that you're doing and why you fell in love with IFS as a technique yeah yeah it's a great question Um, yeah, so I was a therapist for probably, I'm um, so I just, like I said earlier, I'm terrible with numbers and dates and times. Um, and, but I've been doing therapy for, you know, maybe 10 to 15 years. And I was at a conference about, uh, working with children and, uh, someone, the, the head of the conference, the teacher facilitator said something about a new, a new therapy in Boston that was taken over and, um, and she started using the word curious. And I was like, this is so interesting. Like this idea of being curious and how I was trained, I was trained in cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy. And I um, developed a di- dialectical behavioral therapy group. And I just was so into that. Um, and so the idea of being curious was like, wait, that's not how I do therapy, right? That's not how I do therapy with people. That's not how I do therapy with myself. Um, and I just thought that was just so interesting. And so I just sat with that idea of like, is that wondering, like, would it, what would it be like if I was curious about my clients, you know, my clients that um, cut themselves, my clients that were in bad relationships or my clients that couldn't leave relationships or wouldn't leave relationships or my client or myself, right? Like, you know, my hearts that eat have eaten a hundred million Kit Kats because it was Halloween <laughs> a couple of days ago. And I'm like, why are you? are you still eating the Kit Kats? And another part of me is like, we're not going to get rid of the Kit Kats, are we? Like, please don't get rid of the Kit Kats. So if I could bring some curiosity to these parts that we all have, right? We all have this disharmony inside of ourselves and and we go to therapy because we have disharmony. And we're like, I have disharmony disharmony inside myself, in my mind and my emotions and my behaviors. And I have disharmony in my relationships. And so you know, and so that's what brings people to therapy. And so what if we mm-hmm. started to bring curiosity? So I just was like, that is, <laughs> that little bit was really what it did all, 
I mean, and it, you know, IFS, there's so much more to it, but it really was that, that idea was such a shift for me of like how I treat myself and how I treat my clients. And so I went back and I Googled also, and I Googled about IFS and I found out that Dick was going to be doing a training in Cape Cod. And so I ended up doing a week-long training in Cape Cod and I just fell in love. Like I fell in love with the, the model and with sort of the experiences that I had, you know, IFS is so experiential. It's not just about learning the model, but it's, it's experiencing it. And that's what that week was. It was, it was learning it, but it was also having this experience that I've never had before, right? Never in like grad school and in all of the workshops and everything that I've done. Um, and even in DBT, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, all of the learning and the extra things that I've done, I've never had any experience like that. And I thought, yeah. wow, if this could happen for me, you know, what could happen for my clients? Yeah. Oh, it's, and, and, you know, it's so lovely to hear you talk about curiosity. Isn't that, a, isn't it an incredible skill just, and it's not something that we're specifically in, you know, the therapy model when we're training, we're kind of trained to yes, ask questions, but kind of, kind of know the answers. You know, don't we yeah. kind of go with that? Oh, this is what I think is happening. Let's see if I can lead the person to discover what I think is happening. Whereas curiosity just creates a whole different platform, doesn't it? Whole different yes. space for people. Yes. And imagine, I love that because, right, like, because now when I sit with people, I sit with people so different, different than I did then. But when I sit with people and I ask questions with genuine curiosity, I, I mean, I might have a part that might have a hunch. Um, but often my hunch is not that right or right. I might, I, I don't know. And also here's the other thing, how different it is if it comes from inside of them, instead of me telling that, oh, this might be why you're doing blah, 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 blah. Yes. You know, that's, that's great. And that makes me feel good. It makes me feel really sure. smart. Exactly. Doing it for ourselves. <laughs> well, part of ourselves. And, you know, and, and I think that is something to look at as a therapist, right? The parts of us that are like, I do this because I like being the one that helps and the one that knows and the one that has the answers. And sometimes that is really uncomfortable. And I remember in my level one sitting with the idea of like, what is it like to not know? So I'm sitting across from a client and I'm asking questions from an, I don't know standpoint, right? I don't know. I'm going to be curious but I don't have the answers. And that's something that we're not comfortable with as therapists. Like parts no, of us no, it's are therapist parts. Yes. Yes. Incredibly horrible. scary sitting there yeah. in that, in that gray, in that unknown space. And I guess, you know, and I'm, you know, as my listeners know, mindfulness is my thing and it's where I kind of, it's my jumping off point for this podcast. And one of the, the, the way we talk about it from a mindfulness perspective is beginner's mind or that open curiosity. And it's scary because the human brain loves certainty. So yes, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's relearning how to be human. And the truth of it is that um, we get to see all the parts of ourselves when we're curious and therefore our clients get to as well. I love that. And I would say like, so... I would say like, okay, so it, part of the human experience is our struggle. A part of us has a struggle with, with, you know, needing to be certain. So I would invite everyone like to, to sort of turn inside and maybe even just check and see, you know, the part of you that struggles with, with not knowing, or the part of you that struggles with not being certain, check and see what that part's afraid would happen if it's, if it really hung out in that place of not knowing, or if that really hung out in that place of uncertainty, because my guess is that's going to be different for everybody. Sort of the fears around that, like we might, we might all have that same, like similar parts, but the reasons might be different. 
And so that's where it's like, let's be curious about that for each of us, right? Be curious about that part that doesn't like not knowing. Mm. And how much of a journey of not knowing has it been over the last 18 months with this global pandemic? It's, you know, that every day was a new day. And then I kind of think what a gift it would be to give to the world this curiosity and how might it shift our tendency towards anxiety, that anxious part of us that needs to know and needs to control and, yeah. Yes. I love that. And as you're saying that what's coming up for me is I remember that idea of like, like sort of the good girl part of me was like, just tell me what to do. I'll follow the rules. I'm a good girl. I'm happily to follow the rules, but you keep changing the rules. And actually no one has the same rules. And now I'm completely freaked out. Absolutely. I hear you. I hear you. The second part I loved about what you were saying earlier was the, how experiential the model is and how, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I heard you say is that it's about, it's the, it's the body. It's, it's bringing our whole being into this process. And in, in my experience um, of being a therapist and also, you know, being a family member with someone who has a, a pretty epic mental health condition, um, I've noticed that the body is very neglected in the way we work with people in psychological pain. And yeah. you know, can you talk a little bit yeah. to the to the body's role in in the therapy that you do? And then, then we'll go into a bit of a definition about what IFS actually is because our listeners might be going, what are these guys talking about? I know, right? We just jumped in. So I would say let's start with the idea and maybe everyone as they're listening can just sort of, if, if they were able to connect with a part of them that felt uncomfortable not knowing or part of them that felt uncomfortable with like not having certainty, maybe just check and see sort of where they notice that in their body. Where do they notice the feeling of like, even when we talk about COVID or like masks or not masks or vaccine, all that stuff. So I just notice where that is in their body. So for me, I'm sort of, I'm shutting my eyes and I'm just thinking like, where am I noticing? If I'm remembering that, that time, or even just the ideas, you can remember a time of not knowing, or even just the idea of not knowing and just sort of notice where that is in your body. And I think when I do that, I notice that in my, let's say, I notice that in my chest, I can feel my heart racing a little bit. And all of a sudden my face feels a little bit warm. And then I can put my attention on those places in my body. Maybe I can just take a couple of deep breaths and then I can just ask inside about sort of that part of me. Sort of, and then I, and then I, and then I'm going to ask and talk to the part of me that's in that place in my body. Right. So then I would say like, I'm sort of doing it to myself, right? Which is kind of awkward. But I would say like, um, okay, the part of me that's in my chest, it's making my face a little bit red. Like, you know, what is it you want me to know? And like, and I could be curious about what's coming up in those places in my body. So parts exist in our bodies. Um, and that's that's sort of the one of the first things we do in IFS is we find the part in our body that connects us to our body immediately. And the other thing that's pretty genius about it is it gets us out of our head, which is where, where we love to hang out, right? So I'm immediately out of my head. I'm immediately out of analyzing and thinking about, wonder why I'm un, I feel anxious when I'm uncertain. And I can think about that. And I can come up with brilliant ideas why that might be. But this immediate finding it in my body really shifts me, shifts me down, helps me be embodied and shifts me out of those analyzing parts. Yeah, because then it just becomes thinking, more thinking, 
And then we find ourselves <laughs> the thinking about the thinking about the thinking and why yes. am I thinking like this? Whereas if we can, and that we know, I mean, I certainly know from my own experience, uh, that doesn't work. I've, I've tried yeah. that many times. Yeah. yeah. Years, years yeah. Right. And I, I think, yes, I totally agree. And I think that it, it, sometimes it works, right? Sometimes it gives some relief, but I feel strongly that it does not give lasting relief. It gives some healing. It does not give lasting healing. Um, you can get some benefits. We know, right? Otherwise CBT and DBT wouldn't be evidence-based. You know, you can, so you can get some benefits from those things and that's great. But I do not think, I feel strongly about this. I do not think that it actually gives full healing that we can have, that we can have easily, not easily, but more easily than that and more lasting. Yeah. Yeah. Because it fundamentally shifts something internally with us in ourselves. And so we take that with us. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. So I would love for you, and I know IFS is a big model and there's a lot of parts, ironically, oh, <laughs> of yeah. the IFS models. So don't feel like you have to go into too much detail because listeners can um, maybe go to your website for some content or, um, you know, maybe I can put some links to some different um, videos from Dick Schwartz, who's the founder of the model. But just, you know, in your way and in your words, maybe even how you might explain it to a client, could you just share with us what IFS is and, you know, what's the underlying philosophy? Yeah. Well, so I'll just use an example. I'll use my Kit Kat example because that's fresh on my mind. <laughs> so, right. So we're all made of parts, right? A part of me that wants to eat the Kit Kats and is eating the Kit Kats, actually. And a part of me that, that is, does not want to eat the Kit Kats, right? So there's two parts and I'm kind of holding out my hands, right? One, I can imagine one is in my left hand, one is in my right hand. There's two parts. And so there's these two parts, one that wants to eat the Kit Kats, one that doesn't want to eat the Kit Kats. And then there's me and I am, and I sort of even step back a little bit. There's me and I am myself. I'm the 40 something year old me. And I can bring some curiosity to these two parts. And I can hear one part wants to eat the Kit Kats because they're amazing and delicious. And I only eat them at Halloween and I should eat all of them until they're gone because they're so yummy and they make me so happy and their sugar and sugar is so good. Right. And I get that. I can say, I get that because they are delicious and I get it. Right. And then I can look over at the other part and I can say, Hey, what's going on? Like, what's, let me bring some curiosity to that part. You don't want me to eat the Kit Kit, Kit Kats. Why don't you want me to eat the Kit Kats? And I can hear from that part. And again, I'm not in my head. I'm not already knowing what, why I'm actually asking the part and having the part tell me. And that part will tell me that it knows that I want to be healthy and it knows that I want to be strong and I want to feel good in my body. It also notices, knows that I don't handle chocolate well or any caffeine well, and I should not be eating Kit Kats at four o'clock in the afternoon because I won't be able to sleep at night. <laughs> and so, which I, another part of me, which is, is things that's the most ridiculous thing, but it's true. And so I say, oh, okay, I get that. That makes sense. And so these two parts, they both want, they both have positive intentions for me. They both want me to feel good. They both want me to feel good, right? So one wants me to feel good by eating the Kit Kats and one wants me to feel good by not eating Kit Kats, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can say, thank you. I know you both want me to feel good. Thank you so much for working so hard for me. And I know that, that they just want me to feel good. 
And that is an incredible, simply simple way um, to talk about the model, right? There is self, there's me, I'm the self, I'm the true self, mm. the true essence. And we talk about self in C words. Self is creative, is curious, is compassionate, is clear-minded, is connected. And we have parts, we have these protective parts, parts that are protecting us. And then the other piece of the model, which I didn't say, is we have a part then that needs protecting. So we have what we call the exile. And the exile is the part. So if I if I sat with these sort of Kit Kat parts a little bit more, these protector parts, I might bring a little more inquiry. Like, okay, well, what would what are you afraid would happen if we didn't feel good? What are you afraid would happen if we didn't feel good? And they might say, well, we might feel alone or we might feel unworthy or we might feel unlovable. Okay, so then I'm going to say, is there a part of me that feels, um, believes, feels it and believes that she's unworthy and unlovable and alone? And they might say, yes, right? There is a part that they're protecting and who who believes those things. So I imagine it that way, right? Sort of almost like a, um, like a, a I want to say like a triangle, right? Like, a, but that's not right, actually. I can't think of an image that's in my head or like a house, Right. There's the IFS. We talk about the house. So the protectors being at the top of the house and then the exiles being at the bottom in the basement. So my protectors are up here in the house trying to protect me from the one in the basement who's having the like I am unlovable feeling and sensation and experience. Mm-hmm. And so that's how the, that's kind of a map of the model. There's the two types of protectors yeah. and then the exile. Then the exiles. Yeah. It's um it's an amazing model and you know as we talked about earlier I've just started working with it in my private practice and gosh some of the the shifts that I'm seeing in in people and some of the amazing insights that people are experiencing within a relatively short period of time is ah. quite incredible um, ah. and I, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about um, this this the C words about this part of us that is clear, calm, creative, curious, connected, um, and this part of us that's, I guess, much bigger than the protectors and the exiles. Can you tell me, first of all, how does that show up for you? You know, how does that feel in your body and in your life? So then people might, as they're listening, they might be able to think, is there a time when they feel like that? Because if they can then access that, because that's where we have to start, right? We have to start from that, that self, well, um, so there's a couple of different thoughts around that. So one is the idea that um, self is like the sun. And the sun is sort of always there. I mean, kind of. <laughs> the, self is all, the, the sun is always there. And what happens is clouds come and they, they hide the sun. And so the clouds are like parts of us, right? So the parts of us that want to eat the Kit Kats, want to eat the Kit Kats, part of us that feel shame, part of us that feel alone. And all of a sudden, right, we, this, the clouds cover the sky and so how we access self, there's some, there's what Dick says is how we access self is we, we, we release or we sort of separate out or subtract out the clouds, mm. right? So if I say I'm right now, I'm, I'm with the part of me that wants to eat all the Kit Kats. And so if I, if I can separate out that, that or unblend, we use the word unblend. If I can unblend from that part and then unblend from the parts that are pissed at it and the part that's like, yeah, go ahead and all the kick ass. You know what I mean? All the parts that are, you know, all the clouds. And then when I remove the clouds, then there's the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. 
So, I mean, that's one thought and that's what Dick says. And we listen to him because he's, he's the, <laughs> he's the I'm genius. Yeah. yeah. But, but there is this, so that, so, and I believe that I think that's true, but the other thing that happens for me, and I think that, I think this could happen for other people too, is think of a time when they felt those words, when they felt really connected and, and they felt really clear or they felt really creative, or they were in that kind of flow state that we think about. And when I, so when I think of, for me, that happens, like if I get up early and watch a sunrise, or if I hike a mountain and I'm at the summit of a mountain, or if I'm chilling on the beach and my son is maybe <laughs> like playing in the sand and not like kicking sand on me or something. And I'm just feeling the sun on my face and I'm feeling, you know, smelling that salt air and my hands are in the sand and my whole body is just relaxed. And I just feel connected to myself. And what I feel in my face, I feel softening in my face, like my whole face softens and I feel just so soft. My whole body feels soft. I actually feel lighter and I feel more like if I'm laying on the, on the beach, I feel more like connected to the sand. Then was I feel like I'm kind of like dropped down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like expanded. Yeah. Yeah. There's that sense of connection with something bigger than yourself. And totally. Yeah. Smallness and into this expansiveness that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So just imagine. So I want listeners to imagine that. Like imagine a time that they felt that way. Because we Mm -hmm. all have a, we all are a self. We all are that. That's who we are. That's who, that's our essence. That's what we're born with and who we're born to be. And so there are moments, I know it might be hard sometimes to think of it, but there are moments when you've experienced that. And I love your question because I love the idea of thinking of like, what did that feel like in my body? I'm really knowing as I go through my day and if I'm sitting with my clients, I can really tell when I've got a little more self-energy up because I can feel it in my body. Mm, Yeah. And, and I'm interested to know where, um, so two questions that are coming up for me now, the first one is, I guess, around safety, because when I'm hearing you talk about you on the beach and everything's soft and there's that, I guess it's a relaxation, that nervous system kind of stands down. How is that related to a feeling of an internal feeling of safety? Well, I think, I think hmm, what's coming up for me is my parts my parts must be, they must, they must feel safe. They must believe we are safe in order to relax enough or their trusting self to keep me safe. Ah, they're resting into that expanse of self, that sun. Yeah. 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 Because protectors, right? Protectors are working to keep me safe. And so how healing happens in IFS is then self comes, right? Self is there and self chats with the protectors and, sh- and self gets to know the protectors and then self goes to that exile, goes to that one in the basement and, and heals that one. And so when self shows up in the house, there is healing there. And so when mm-hmm. the, our parts trust self more, then there's some safety. Right. I think there's more a- internal safety. Um, but so I think, I think that's a big part of it is that the parts are then trusting self and also you know, if I need, if I'm laying on the beach like that and my son, then, you know, something happens or, you know, you know, he runs out towards the water or something and, and I get scared. My parts are right there to help me. Parts mm. aren't bad. Right. So if I get into sort of fight or flight and I need, 
I need a part to like come in and run after him, or he's going to jump in the waves or something like that. My parts are right there to help me yeah. um, when I need them to be, because they're, yeah. they're my helpers, right? They're mm-hmm. my protectors. And that's what I, another thing I adore about this model is this concept of no bad parts that it's, yeah. you know, right. it's my most recent book, um, which I just got last night. I'm super excited to read. And, you know, I just, I love that compassion for ourselves and, and it's that, I guess it's that sense of unconditional love and it's almost, and correct me if I'm wrong, is there a degree of almost reparenting there where we're giving ourselves that unconditional friendliness, that unconditional positive regard that maybe we didn't get as, as kids because maybe our parents had too much of their own stuff going on as we know you and I are both parents and we all got stuff going on. So it's that reparenting piece where we start to become empowered as an individual. Yeah. Um, because we have parts, right? So I have parts that have already screwed up my kid and you have parts probably that have already screwed up your kid. Oh, I'm already um, your kids. Yeah. They're, I, I can, yeah. It's yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, so our parents had parts and, um, so yes, definitely. So the reparenting happens with self, right? That attachment healing happens when self connects to the part. So, okay. So this just happened today thinking of an example. So I've met with this girl today. I've known her for years. I adore her. Um, and I know her story. So she's like 28. Now I've worked with her since she was like 14 on and off. Um, so she has a part that is really, really angry, right? Really, really angry. She's got great reasons to be totally understanding that. And so when we got to know that angry part, that angry part's a protector. And so we've got some curiosity. So we get some cell phone board And so we've got some curiosity. So she's got parts that hate the anger, right? The anger is ruining her relationship. Okay. So we're going to ask the part that hates the anger to give us some space. We're just going to bring some curiosity and maybe a tiny bit of compassion. That's really hard. A tiny bit of compassion to the self or to the anger. And so we're just going to hang out with the anger for a little bit. And then once we got to hang out with the anger a little bit, what we got is it's protecting a part that feels abandoned. Totally. Right. That part feels abandoned. So what does that part need? We're hanging out, we're hearing the story and we're hanging out with a part that feels the feels that abandonment. And so what does that abandoned part need? It needs to not be abandoned, right? And so, so she says, I'm gonna change the details a little bit. So she says, I'm gonna ask my mom, I'm, I'm gonna promise her that my mom will never abandon me. And I said, well, we can't do that. I don't want you to do that because that's not true, right? Yeah. That's not true. So what if you let her know, and if you feel this way, let this part know that you won't abandon her. And that's the shift right there. And a shift immediately happened in her body. And she was able to connect to that part. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I was like, and then, yeah. And this girl, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just like. It's almost like, Tammy, if we go back to your house model, that we've got the protectors that are on the top and then the exiles that are in the basement, we're almost. helping ourselves embody the whole of the earth which is just holding the house it's the whole earth sitting under it that's always there and always present and always welcoming and what an incredible gift and the cool thing is we can all do it that's what I again what I love about this model is that and you know I've seen this in my career and in my own journey um, we all can access this place we all have it and we can all access it Yeah. 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 And I would say like the people that are listening right now, and if their immediate response is not me or I can't, or I'm too damaged or I'm too wounded or I'm too, but 
then I would ask them to get to know the part of them that's telling them that they have a part that's telling them that they can't, or they're having, they have a part that's telling them that they don't have a self or that they're too damaged or too wounded, or we don't know them. And so, you know, they're the exception. Okay. So let's get to know that part of you that's telling you that. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for saying that. That's yeah. Cause I can imagine there's resistance. I mean, totally. Yeah. And often for a good reason, right? Because we've tried to haven't been effective or, or supportive. Right. Cause sometimes hope is really scary. Right. So I'd rather not have hope that I can change or that I can be healed or I'd rather not do that because that's too scary. Mm. So, and that's a good reason. So I'm not mad at that part, right? No bad parts. I'm not mad at that part for being scared. I'm going to, I'm going to in self, going to get to know that part that's scared. Of course she's scared. Or of course he's scared. It's been really hard. And there's a really, like you said, there's a really good reason for that part to be scared. A really good reason for that part to say, not me. I can't do it. I'm wounded. I'm always going to be this way. Yeah. And going back to what we said before about how we don't like change and unpredictability, I have noticed through my own journey and through working with clients that it is, and this can be quite confronting for people to hear, so just brace yourself, but it it can be much easier to over-identify with the wounded, sore parts of ourselves than the big, expansive part of ourselves. So it's not our fault. But there is some safety in the familiar, even if the familiar is not helping us. Um, And so to suggest to people that they've actually got another whole resource can be really scary to hear. Definitely. I totally agree with that, right? Because our identities often get, get like, who am I? You know, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm, you know, I'm wounded in some way. And in some ways, those are labels that protect us. You know, and, 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 right, and we get over-identified with them, whether it's yeah. a diagnosis yeah. or whether it's a character trait or whatever it is, we get, we get identified with, this is who I am. Who yeah. am I? I'm a mess. And sort yeah. of, and we're all a mess in some ways, Absolutely. And sort of, but this sort of, here's, here's my list of my messness. And that's why I identify myself. And right. So I, so imagine, I'll even imagine this myself. Like what if I started identifying myself and here's a list of things about me. I am amazing or I'm incredible or I'm really smart or whatever. And like, that makes me feel really uncomfortable even saying that. Right. So, so yes, I just invite people to be curious about that Mm. and curious about how they identify themselves, like the traits or parts that they're using to identify themselves. And what does it feel like? What does it feel like in their body? to imagine that, that who they actually are is this clear, compassionate, patient, persistent, creative person. Mm. That's who they actually are. And that's available to them. Mm. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. And maybe just noticing the parts that are, go ahead, what, say it again. It's got to be experienced rather than just told because otherwise, it can slip into that toxic positivity. You know, you're amazing. You're fantastic. You're smart, as you said, and that doesn't feel comfortable either. So it's, it's got to come from the body. It's not just be cognitive. I love that. I love that. Right. Right. Cause that's that. I think what happens was we, what we call an IFS is then we have backlash, right? Because what we're doing is we're trying to convince parts, yes. right? And trying to convince parts that I am somebody. Okay. Yes. Well, the part of me that doesn't believe I am somebody they, they don't believe that for a reason. Yeah. So for a good reason. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
and I, you know and I'm all for um I'm all for um oh, what's it not manifesting um those phrases you say like I'm enough or I love and approve mm. of myself I can't think of what they're called affirmation thank you yeah. I'm all for affirmations and I think there's absolutely room for them but it has to they have to come at a at a time when maybe this other work is is done and there's that bigger yeah. space to rest into um yeah. another question that popped up for me about 10 minutes ago um but we then got you know went on to another wonderful tangent was around values, Tammy. And um, I'm interested to hear from an IFS model perspective, where do values sit? Where does this, you know, this compass, this anchoring, this truth that can help guide our decisions and our behaviour and help us to live with integrity, where does that sit within the IFS model? Well, I think I, the simple answer to that would be yourself, like yourself knows, right? Yourself knows what values are true for you and what's right and wrong, or if there is a right and wrong, I don't know. I think there is, but I'm not sure. But by, for me, I would say, yeah, there is, right? There are things that feel right and things that feel wrong. And, and when is that parts driven and when is that driven from self, right? So there might be, when I think about, when I think about things that are right and wrong, I can think about coming from parts and what that feels like in my body. Mm. So if I think about what's right and wrong and I think about it coming from parts, it feels a little bit more anxious, anxiety about, or more angsty, right? Yeah. This is right and this is wrong. Da, 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 da. I feel a little bit more like energy around it. But when I think about sort of like more things that feel like, true for me maybe yeah. that feels a little more embodied and I'm sort of like I'm feeling more in my gut yes um but I think that idea is like I can still have an idea of right or wrong but it is it coming from myself my true self my core my being that grounded earth or is it coming from parts that are like um that got those ideas and they they might not be wrong but they just got them um and have more energy around them yeah. That's the only way I can describe that. I love that. I love that. And Glennon Doyle, I'm, I'm not sure if you're you've, you've across her work. Oh, I love her. Um, so she talks about it as it, it's a feeling of warm honey. It's like there's this mm-hmm. flowing through her. And I guess it's intuition, which would be another way to talk about it. Finally, yeah. And I would say, I, I would say that's self, right? So my experience of warm honey would be my experience of self. Yes. Glennon, yes, Glennon, I think talks a lot about parts and she talks a lot about self. Um, and so I think that's what she's talking about. So that place inside, if that's your intuition, if that's your gut, if that's your soul, um, you know, mm. that's your, your, your place of self. Yeah. 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 It's so awesome. The older we get, I mean, there's parts about getting older, which aren't fabulous, but most of it's pretty great. And I think, you know, one of the things I'm loving as I'm getting older is finding that so many of the theories and the models and the languaging all comes back to this one thing, which is this self. It's this, this, it's intuition, it's values, it's truth, it's our inner compass, it's ease. And it's so cool to to then just, you know, and I guess that's the purpose of the podca- podcast, to give people different access points to this sense of connection, this sense of, you know, being clear, calm and connected, that clarity. T- totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree. I love, like, if I'm listening to Glennon, her amazing podcast, part of me is like, why would anyone listen to any other podcast? I agree. <laughs> 
Except for ours, of course. <laughs> Except for ours, right? Our podcast is the only ones, right? And like, I think Barack Obama, or, you know, these crazy people have podcasts. And I'm just like, I don't understand why anyone listens to my podcast. <laughs> Well, when you when you see these people that have, I think it was like um, some really hot like actor has a podcast, and I was like, well, that's it. I'm just not gonna have a podcast anymore. I'm out. I don't remember who it was, but um, I'm sorry. I'm distracted. Yeah, done. No, I forgot it. Um, yeah, so I totally agree. I think when I'm listening to all these different, different people, or I think of different models, and even when I think about DBT, I'm like, we're, they're all sort of saying the same thing, right? They're saying that there is this thing inside of us, like a DBT would be wise mind, right? Yes. So the wise mind is my true self, my emotional mind and my, um, my rational mind. You know, those are parts. Those are, those are, you know, groups of parts that needed to be more emotional or be more rational in order to survive the environments that they were in and to mm. function and to help me survive those things. And so wise mind is holding and befriending and in, in hearing the stories of all those parts. Mm. Um, so I feel like, I feel like at this point I can reframe anything in IFS language. Really? It's fabulous. <laughs> I love it. So Tammy, I'd love to hear, and you shared a little bit earlier about um, one of your particular clients that you'd been working with who was dealing with anger, and that was really helpful to hear a bit of a case study. Um, Are there any other stories that you'd be comfortable sharing about clients over the years, obviously maintaining all confidentiality or any other kind of, um, I guess, I I guess I'm trying to get to the practical part of the the podcast to help people get, have some real takeaways. Um, And as you've demonstrated so beautifully, that's often best taught through examples. Yeah. Is there a line that you might share? And if not, just even some practical tools that we can start doing immediately to help us find ourselves. Yeah. 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 I think what I would like to say, because what's because I don't know that I'm going to have another example come up in my head like right now. So what I what I would want people to do is this. I would want them to just start noticing the times that they are uh, just aware of parts. So it could just be. Uh, different feelings or different thoughts. And we have, you know, sort of not that there's no number, but we have sort of a lot of like uh, common, common parts or sort of common ter- characters that come up. Right. So, um, so I have a part in it's, <laughs> um, it's like, I remember walking out of a door one time and hitting my leg on like the door handle or something and being like, Oh my gosh, you're so stupid. And it's like, that is a common part of me. I, and that's how I hear it. I hear it in my head. You're so stupid. Mm. And so I just want people to start noticing and maybe mapping, writing it down, mapping it out. Like what are the common things you say to yourself about yourself? Yeah. Right. So that's a part. So what do you say to yourself about yourself? Mm. Those are parts. Start writing that stuff down. When you notice big hits of emotion, during the day, or maybe even bodily sensations during the day that feel really kind of common and kind of normal and kind of like, well, I have this experience a lot or I have these feelings a lot. Just start writing those things down. You start noticing that like, I felt really embarrassed the other day. Okay. Let's write down embarrassed. Were there any thoughts? Let's sort of see if we can bring some curiosity to that experience of being embarrassed. And I just want people to start mapping out some of their own parts and then, and then bringing some curiosity right? Mm. To, 
okay, what was happening that I walked outside? I was in a good mood. I walked out my door, I hit my leg and I thought you're so stupid. Okay. So I wanted to bring some curiosity to the part of me that told me that Mm. it's the part that told me that. And then the part that believes it. Mm. And so that's what I would say to people, right. It's just to start writing it down and just start noticing and start Mm. tracking. Yeah. And I guess that went, that's where mindfulness comes in as a complementary component to the IFS model, which is many of us don't notice, right? Many of us yeah. are completely unaware of these thoughts. So, you know, you and I have the gift. We, I guess we've worked really hard to be able to learn to notice our thoughts. Uh, I don't always catch them in time. Sometimes I'm well down the rabbit hole before I realise what I was thinking. Um, uh, but I guess it's, you know, it's, bringing that attention to what was I thinking right then before I started to feel, you know, um, hate towards myself or so it's bringing that clarity and how from an IFS model, I mean, from a mindfulness model, it's meditation. That's how we cultivate that capacity from an IFS model. What do you suggest to your clients, how to kind of cultivate that capacity to see the thinking? Yeah, that's such a good question. But I think the thing is, I, I love the idea of just bringing that awareness, that mindfulness, like during the day, tracking parts. Um, sometimes I'll tell clients even like in the morning before they wake up, just doing little body scans sort of like asking like, who's up, who's up, who's inside, who needs my attention right now. And before you even open your eyes, even saying like, good morning to my parts, good morning to my system, just seeing who need, who needs some attention. Um, and my favorite way, you know, obviously is doing sort of like a, um, a meditation where we're just spending time with parts and doing what's called a parts meditation where you spend, you know, you just sort of spend some time in, we call it going inside where you got your eyes closed and you're just being with your parts and you're, you're tracking like who's up and who, and a lot of this is done in therapy, right? Sort of being with a therapist or being with a practitioner and doing that work with someone else. Um, and I think probably what I would suggest for people that are just learning the model is to start journaling, Right. Yeah. I love writing like a P, a P for the part that says you're so stupid. P for a part that says I need to eat all the Kit Kats. And P for a part that says stop eating the Kit Kats. Right. And then I'm just going to start writing like P1, P2, P3, and then watching them interact with each other. And then I write an S for self. And like, I am here. I am listening. I'm curious. Tell me more. And I really love that idea because it helps really begin to draw a map. You can start seeing themes. You can start seeing some of your common characters that show up all the time. You know, I have a common eat all the Kit Kat part. It might not be Kit Kats. It might be something else. But that is certainly a common part. Yeah. Um, and a lot of our eating parts are really young because they are the way that we soothe ourselves when we're little. So, and then we have a lot of shame, right? With so much shame around eating. Mm. and all this diet culture crap. So, you know, so there's all kinds of parts around that. And so, Mm. I mean, someone could spend a lot of time just getting to know their parts around that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Our relationship with food is so complicated and fascinating. And, and isn't it true that the model was actually, Dick first developed the model through working with um, families of kids with eating disorders. So it's it's that young, you know, part that needed to be soothed in one way or another. Yeah. yeah, I love that journaling suggestion. That's fantastic. Even hearing you talk about it, I felt a sense of ease coming to my body because I just thought, oh, how empowering to be able to really see this di- this internal dialogue at the same time resting into that self, that 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 wise, open, loving self, which, you know, is that, that connection to ourselves. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. Because I think that if we just sort of people say like, it's like age angel. I had a client the other day that says like my, the angel and the devil are talking back and forth on my shoulder. Like, yep, that's fine. And we can keep talking that way, like the angel and the devil. But what do you, what would you say to the angel and devil? And that's the part that we miss a lot, right? Like other models, I think, miss that we're Mm -hmm. sort of like, the angel's going to have an opinion, the devil's going to have an opinion, and they're going to battle it out. Or sort of, we're going to sort of decide one or the other. But it's like, okay, self is here too. And let's bring self to the table. And so now we have three people at the table. Right. And then, and then we've got more people really, because we have other parts that have opinions about the devil and the angel, right. And have reactions to the devil and the angel. And so we've got a lot of people at the table, but self is there and self can listen and self can be with and self can just, and even the idea of self being with these parts of us really calm our system down because all of our, all our parts really want is to be seen and heard and accepted by self. Mm, That self-leadership that yeah exactly thank you so much tammy for your time and for your wisdom and uh, you know just so that our listeners can find out a little bit more about you and and follow your work how can they best get in touch with you they can go to my website it's tammy um and they can go to my instagram page ifs tammy on instagram and there's also um the one inside facebook page on facebook it's one inside podcast page on facebook um, and my podcast is called The One Inside. Um, and then I have a book coming out January 22nd. It's Stop called it. The One Inside. Yep, The One Inside, 30 Days to Your Authentic Self. And it really is for people that do not know the model. I mean, for people that know the model, I think it would be really helpful as a deeper exploration. But but I really wrote it for people who don't know the model. And it's a 30-day, one-word-a-day walk-through um, like awareness exercises, mindfulness exercises, and just teaches the model really clearly. I mean, hopefully clearly, <laughs> but really simply, I mean, it's not, um, you know, Dick, Dick wrote, um, he was like, well, we're thinking of writing like sort of a how-to book. And I'm like, this is not that, like, this is a really simple, I think of it almost sort of like a daily, like devotion. It's in a really, it's beautiful. It's in a really, like it's an eight by eight book. So that like people can like throw it in their bag, throw it in their briefcase and carry it with them and do it over a 30 day journey. Um, And it really just, um, I'm hoping really helps people that don't know the model, really just learn about themselves, not about the model. I mean, the model is important and we love the model, but the model is not for the model. The model is for you to learn about your own system and for you to connect to yourself and have your parts connect to you and have the healing that you so deserve warm honey yeah the warm honey Uh, I love that you have created that what an incredible resource because not everybody has the time or the capacity to go to therapy and have this one-on-one work and how brilliant that you know that people can have that as you say in their handbag check in with themselves every day and I love that it's 30 days because that feels really accessible like you know possible (laughs) I can do anything for 30 days Exactly. Exactly. And the chat, the chapters are really short and there's, there's little like mindfulness exercises at the end of each chapter. And that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be really simple. Um, and you know, something that would, could be that anybody could do right. 30 days, one word a day, one chapter a day. And, um, yeah. Awesome. So that's January, 2022, that'll be coming out. Yes. Yep. Where can we buy that? Is that on all of the Things? It should be on all the things. It should right. be on Amazon. It'll be on my website. It should be on all the things. So, um, yeah. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Tammy. I thank have you. It was really fun. And I really hope that our listeners have. I'm sure they will have got some, you know, great practical tools. Thank you for your time and for your wisdom. You're welcome. It was really fun.